Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. First Peter chapter number three, verse number eight. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye have thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Just look somewhere nearby and just say, act right. That's it, act right. You can be seated, act right. Um, person's true character is manifested during the extremes of life. It is easier to maintain a pretense during what you would describe as an ordinary season. In other words, if things are just okay, things are just regular, you can fake it in those times. But what you do at your high points and what you do at your low points are a real revelation of your character. If you really want to know what's in a person's heart, be with them when somebody that is close to them dies. People lose their mind sometimes at funerals and wakes and things of that nature. Be with them when they celebrate. You know, you can tell the folk they drink because when it's a good time, they drink. Come on, somebody. And when it's a bad time, they drink. Because that's how they express their highs and their lows. And this country, and yes, the world, finds itself in a prolonged state of stress. There's been a lot of discussion and writings and articles about what is best being described as pandemic weariness. People who are just tired because this pandemic has dragged on for now eight months, soon entering the ninth month of this season. And some people are tired of wearing masks or they're tired of staying at home or they're tired of not being a part of normal activity and, and that explains why the numbers, instead of going down, are going up. Come on, somebody. 
you know, I'm watching people. My wife and I spent a little time yesterday, and, and, when, and when you are trying to do right, you, you look at people that are doing wrong. Come on, somebody. I, I can go in the store, and I can point everybody out that ain't got a mask on. And it, it, it takes my common sense not to point at them and say, would you please put one on? If, if you don't love you, please love me. Come on, somebody, and put one on. But there's a weariness in people. There's defiance in people. And I'm going to say this. It's not just about um, Democrats or Republicans. It's not just about different ethnicities. Because I'm seeing all kinds of folk doing foolish things because they're tired. They're, they're tired of the change. They're tired of what's taking place. Um, the civil unrest has become almost a norm. Last Saturday, everybody got in the streets of D.C. to celebrate the election of Joe Biden. I mean, they came out of nowhere, hollering, screaming, dancing, into the, late into the night. And, and so to last yesterday, um, some pro-Trump supporters got on the same street, come on somebody, um, trying to push on the president to maintain his um, notion that somehow he was cheated out of the election. We're dealing with this post-election drama. Um, I'm used to people when they lose the election saying, I lost the election. I tried, we tried, but the people have spoken. Now they're saying the people have lied. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and I'm the one that should have won the election. So we're dealing with that reality. And we should not be surprised by what we see people do in this season because it is a revelation of who and what they are. You're about to discover who your real friends are. Come on here, somebody. You're about to discover who really loves you. You're about to discover who really hates you. You're about to discover who really has a grudge against you. And the real question we need to consider is what should the church be doing in this season? I, I made a point this morning in Sunday school that I want to make a point now that many of us, praise our God, and, and, and I'm not here to berate or to castigate anybody that's made a decision to remain at home. In fact, if you've talked to me, you've heard me say, if you need to remain home to be safe, then remain home to be safe. Watch us, Zoom us, connect with us on conference call, but do what you have to do to be safe. But being safe doesn't mean as a believer you stop working. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because some of us here, including myself, are now working from home. And so if we're going to do the work of God, we got to work from home. Come on, somebody. Nothing stops you from getting on that phone and calling somebody and say, I just wanted to encourage you to hold on. Calling somebody to say, can I pray for you? Calling somebody. We, we got more singers. I thank God for the praise team, and they have sung every Sunday faithfully. I appreciate them. But we got some more singers in this church. If you got to get on the phone and call somebody and say, can I sing a song with you just to encourage you? God wants us to work from home. Don't stop the work. Don't stop the kingdom. Don't stop the ministry, even in this season. Because our behavior in this season is a reflection of who we are. And we're about to see very vividly where we stand and what we're about in this season. Remember, um, the text is from 1 Peter. And remember that Peter was writing to the church to prepare them for what was going to come to pass. And the church was about to face massive persecution. Um, Nero was 
now blaming all the problems of Rome on the Christians. In fact, he set fire to Rome himself and said the Christians did it. Hallelujah. He set fire to the city of Rome and blamed it on believers in an attempt to make them enemies of the state. So now Christians were being crucified. And Christians were being burned. and Christians, hallelujah, were being ripped and sundered, killed, beheaded. All kinds of death was getting ready to come upon the church. And so Paul, in his letter, is doing a number of things. In chapters 1 and 2, he talks to us about our identity. Who are we? Because who you are is revealed under stress. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Who you are is revealed under pressure. What you are about comes to the surface, oh God, when you go through. That's how you get the juice out of grapes and oranges. You have to squeeze them. Hallelujah. And when you squeeze them, what's inside of them comes out. What's going to come out of you when the enemy starts squeezing you? What's going to be manifested in your life when life starts to squeeze you? Hallelujah. And that's why some of us is in us to complain. And that's why anytime we get squeezed, we complain. Oh God, some of us is in us, oh God, to be mean. And that's why when things happen to us, we start to become angry and bitter in our personality. But when you're somebody that's been chosen by God to give him glory, even when they squeeze you, you find yourself saying, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I love you. You're praying and you're suffering, but you're still finding a way to give God the glory. And it's not because you're trying to be deep and it's not because you're trying to be sanctimonious, but it's just in you. Come on, somebody. Some of us, no matter what happens, we start praying. We pray on the good days. We pray on the bad days. And when hell breaks out, we pray. Why? Because it's in us to pray. It's in us to pray. And stress reveals he talks about holiness and the fact that we are called to holiness. Talks about marriage. My wife and I shared that for two Wednesdays about marriage and relationships. And now he turns his attention in verse 8 to the conduct of believers. And, and I need to remind us, because some of us have forgotten this, that what we do as an individual believer and what we do as a body of believer, believers matter. It matters. It matters. I know there's a notion in church that we just want to worship and we just want to sing and we just want to dance and then we can forget about it. But what happens after the benediction matters. And if we are called of God, our conduct is important, not only in the sanctuary, but in every part of our lives because it matters. It matters to God how you act. Come on, somebody. It matters to us how you act. Because believe it or not, you can be encouraged or discouraged by the behavior of other believers. How many of us? That's why, honestly, if you're going to live saved, you got to learn how to stop looking at folks. Lord, help me preach this. If you're going to stay saved, you got to stop looking at folk because you can look at people and backslide just from looking at folks. Oh, hallelujah. That's why you keep your eyes set on Jesus Christ. But it does not negate the fact that somebody is watching you and they're either going to be encouraged or discouraged by your conduct, by your words, by your attitude, because yes, my believer, it matters. And it matters to the world. 
because the world is looking at us and the world is trying to determine if we are just religious people or are we truly spiritual people? Because religious people just practice a ritual, just practice a, or a liturgy, just practice an order of service. But spiritual people live when there is no liturgy. Come on, somebody. Spiritual people are godly when there is no service and there is no activity because it's just in them to do what is right. And so Paul sets a few priorities I want to share with you quickly and then I'm going to be out your way. Priority number one is unity in the body. He says it in verse number eight that we should be of what? One mind. Everybody say one mind. And, 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 and how do you make, I'm looking in this room and there's not a lot of us here, but I'm looking around the sanctuary and everybody in this sanctuary has a mind. How do you bring together people that all have different minds? We have different experiences. We have different levels of exposure. We have different educational levels. We have different experiential levels. We're different ages. So how do you bring everybody together, oh God, in one mind? That, to bring us together on one mind, we have to all Think using the word of God. I, I, I mean this. I mean this. I'm the pastor, but please don't use my words as the mechanism by which you make decisions because I'm a man just like you are a man or a woman. I'm human, but there's something eternal. There's something everlasting. There's something that is changeless upon which you can build your life. The grass withers, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God will stand forever. And the reason why the body of Christ suffers from disunity is because everybody in the church doesn't believe the Bible. Lord, help me preach this. For some of us, the Bible is just a collection of good ideals. Come on, somebody. We think the Ten Commandments are just suggestions. Lord, help me preach this. We think the word is just a notion of what we ought to believe. But when you are convinced of the word that even this is get this even if I disagree in my flesh my spirit knows that the word is right how you know that because there have been people the Lord said you got to forgive I'm said Lord I'm mad at them okay don't like I'm the only one I'm angry with them and the Lord said but you still got to forgive them come on somebody they did something horrible to me. Lord, you saw what they did. But yet the Lord says you still have to forgive them because my word says you have to forgive them. Lord, why, 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 why? Everybody else, everybody else in my family is creeping and they look like they're having a good time. And you say, I got to be chased. The Lord said, yeah, you got to be chased. Why? Because the word says you got to be chased. Why is it, Lord, that I can't lash out? Because my word said, I'll fight for you. Oh, Shanama. Oh, hallelujah. That's what brings us together. And, if, and when the word is working, it works with the Holy Ghost to unify the church. I'm coming to this conclusion that a lot of people don't like to hear, but it's the truth that one reason why there's disunity in the church is because everybody in the church don't have the Holy Ghost. Lord, help me preach this. 
Some of us got a ghost, but it's not holy. Come on, somebody. That spirit that makes you act up and that spirit that makes you act unseemly, that is not the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost does more than make you jump, shout, speak in tongues, run around the church. The Holy Ghost constrains you to do the will of God. I need an honest person here that the only reason why you didn't get locked up is because the Holy Ghost held your hand. Oh, God, you were ready to lose it. You were ready to snap. But the Holy Ghost in you held you together. Every impulse in your flesh said retaliate, fight, lose your mind, but the Holy Ghost was holding you together. Oh God, I, I, I don't mind telling you that the Holy Ghost has been what's been keeping me. Come on somebody. Although you hadn't been, well, you the bishop. No, the bishop don't keep you, but the Holy Ghost keeps you. Come on, somebody. Titles don't keep you saved. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If titles kept you saved, we wouldn't have lying bishops. We wouldn't have fornicating bishops. We wouldn't have cheating bishops. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We wouldn't have homosexual bishops. If the title kept you, baby, it's not the title. It's the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is keeping us. And the Holy Ghost... If we all have the Holy Ghost, he, his spirit is keeping us together. Somebody give God praise for the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. I'm almost out of time. The unity comes from the fact that we are of one mind. And then unity creates a level of compassion in us. And, and, and one of the places where the church has to grow is in the area of do we truly care about each other? Lord, help me preach this. Do we truly care about each other? And, and I've said this and trying my best to do this, it's important while we're physically separated that we make sure people know that they're cared for. It's important in this season that you not neglect one another. And even though we can't see each other in the building, you ought to take the time to send a text. Come on, somebody. Doesn't cost you nothing to send a text or make a phone call and say, I just, you were on my mind and I wanted to make sure you were doing all right. Just don't wonder about people. Check on them. Come on, somebody. And when you see needs, act on the needs that you serve. One of the worst things you can do is recognize a need, see a need, and do nothing about it. Come on, somebody. Oh, God, even if you have to, if you can't handle it alone, find somebody and say, you know what? So-and-so needs groceries. Oh, God, I'll go half if you'll go half, and let's make sure nobody starves in this season. Somebody's struggling, trying to keep their rent paid because they haven't gotten their money, and the stimulus has been cut off, but if we put our coins together, we can make sure nobody in our family is homeless. Saint sanctification is more than just what you put on. It's making sure that everybody in the house is protected by the house. Oh, God. I came to tell you, and I'm going to say it because it's true, there should be no lack in Refuge Temple because Refuge Temple is a blessed house. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I know we've got members that struggle. I know we've got members that are going through. But if we're blessed, that means they're blessed. Come on, somebody. Y'all know my rule. If Pastor Davis eats, everybody eats. Hallelujah. If we can't all go to Red Lobster, we're going to McDonald's, but everybody going to eat as long as we're family. In the house of God. We have to care about each other. Hallelujah. We got to care what happens to each of us. 
Hallelujah. I was so moved because one of our families is going through. And literally, praise our God, people were trying to figure out what can we do to help the family that's going through. And that's what churches do. You have to have care. And then the Bible says, be courteous. Oh, my God. When was the last time we heard somebody preach about manners? Come on, somebody. That it matters to say please. Come on, somebody. Oh, God, I would rather be asked than ordered. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And if I respond, I need you to say thank you. Oh, hallelujah, because that's good manners. Oh, God, somebody is a blessing to you. Don't roll your eyes and walk away because they didn't have to do it. Oh, God, if somebody gives you a dollar, maybe you don't need the dollar, but you ought to say thank you. Oh, hallelujah, somebody opens a door, you ought to say thank you. Somebody helps you with your groceries, you ought to say thank you. And why has the church become such a discourteous place? But I'll tell you this, we don't thank people because we don't thank the Lord. Oh God, can I help somebody in here? We've lost our manners even when it comes to Jesus. He blesses us and we ignore him. He keeps us and we ignore him. He favors us and we ignore him. But when was the last time that the Lord blessed you and you had enough sense to open your mouth and say thank you. Oh God, when I opened my eyes this morning, I said thank you because so many went to sleep that didn't wake today. When I put on my clothes, I said thank you because so many men my age need somebody to help them get dressed. Oh God, when I got in my car, oh God, and I didn't have gas. I stopped at the station and I said thank you because there was a time when I was searching the ashtray looking for change. Y'all don't want to be real to put gas in my car but the Lord made a way and if God has been good to you I wish somebody in this house would have enough sense enough temerity enough gratitude to lift your hands and say thank you. I thank you for the little things. I thank you for the big things. I thank you for the blessings. I even thank you for the trials. Why, Bishop? Because he kept me. It was supposed to kill me, but he kept me. I should have died under that stress, but he kept me. I'll open my mouth and say thank you. Thank you for the comfort. Thank you for grace. Thank you for power. I need about five grateful people to just begin to thank him because he's been good. I need a few grateful. Come on, be real. I didn't even serve him, but he blessed me anyhow. I owe God a thank you. I owe God a thank you. He healed me. He strengthened me. He brought me out. He led me. He fed me. He kept me. He provided. I gotta say, thank you. Somebody say 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 thank you. Oh God, come on, stand. I'm going to quit. I'm just in point one. I got three more to make next week. 
Oh, God. But the command in this season is for you to act right. Come on, somebody. Don't let the season make you lose your mind. And don't, everything is not Corona's fault. Some of y'all were mean before Corona. Lord, I'm preaching hard right now. Some of y'all were scandalous before Corona. Don't blame it on Corona. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all were halfway stepping before Corona. Don't blame it on Corona. But God is looking for somebody that in this season will make the decision, I'm going to live right. And the first call is to the body of Christ that we would unify ourselves. Oh God, I know we can't hug, but everybody just look across the aisle and just give them a virtual hug. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I, I know it's been a while and we're used to hugging and greeting and singing that Jesus loves me, love the Jesus in you. But if you love them, just come on, come on, come on. And imagine that you're wrapping your arms around them. Oh God, and just love them, just love them. Just love them. Thank God. Oh, Thank God for the, the connection that we have with the Holy Ghost. I had a friend, somebody in the prayer group called me, and they said, Bishop, would you call my father? He's a pastor, and he's going through. He's been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and he's going through chemo right now. And so I prepared myself to call him and for this man to sound weak and for this man to be sounding like he's struggling. When the time I got through talking to this pastor, my heart was encouraged because he told me, listen to me, he said, I've been going through chemo for months, but I'm having no side effects. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm not sick. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm not losing my hair. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I'm not weak. God, by the time we got through praying, I got happy. Oh, hallelujah. That's the connection in the body. Oh, God, you need to connect with people not because they need it. You need it. Y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all don't want to hear that. You think you, I, I, you know, you getting this notion that you think you're doing it all and you just holding up everything. And then you realize there's somebody under you holding you up. Oh, God. You, you, you thought you were the one keeping everything together. And then the Lord shows you, no, somebody was holding your hand. You didn't realize it, but somebody's been praying for you. Oh, God, can, can I help somebody in here? The reason why all of us are still alive is because somebody besides us was praying for us. Was praying for us. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody besides us. Oh, God. Oh, God, can I be real? I'm looking at folk that should have had COVID. And I'm looking at folks that had COVID. But the Lord kept us because somebody was praying for us. Oh, she Oh, God. Oh, God, I'm not, I'm not negating the folk that passed away. And they didn't pass away because God was mad at them. But I'm thanking God that I'm still alive. Oh, God, I'm thanking God that I'm still alive. 
I need a grateful witness right now to give God your best praise. I got to close this message, but I need somebody to give God your best praise. Oh, God, you know why? Because the Bible says praise is comely. It looks good to praise the Lord. It feels good to praise the Lord. It is good to praise the Lord. Just don't stand there. Do something. We ain't got to do the same thing, but everybody do something. And give God the glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, act right, church. I'm not done. I'll finish next Sunday. Act right. Act right. Act right. Act right. Act right. Ooh. Let me give you this last piece. Because you're on the edge of a breakthrough. And what does the devil do right before the breakthrough but get you to act up so you miss what God is about to do in your life? I don't know who I'm talking to. But somebody in this church, somebody watching me is on the edge of a breakthrough. And that's why the devil is fighting you right now. Trying to get you to change your attitude. Trying to get you to change your conduct. But make a decision. I got a promise waiting for me. All these blessings shall come on me. All these blessings shall on I shall come to my Oh God, all these blessings. All these blessings. I got to quit yell across the aisle. God's about to bless you. You better act right. God's about to bless you. You better act right. God's about to bless you. You better act right. God's about to bless you. You better act right. Act right. Oh, God. Sincerely hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552, Burlington, N.C., 27215. Or email us, info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you, and until next time, shalom, shalom.